0: And so we're talking about endurance, and uh, when you think about it, um, when I was preparing, I was thinking, really, um, endurance is sort of a, look at that, there you go, endurance. Uh, it's such an interesting sort of an idea to think about, um, because it's, endurance is actually at the center of all achievement. There's really nothing that's ever been achieved without somebody enduring something. Uh, you know, without endurance, all you've got is the status quo. How many people know what I'm talking about? You just get the same thing over and over and over again. But the funny thing is that the world never does the same thing over and over again. Have you noticed that as well? Have you noticed if you, if you don't endure vacuum cleaning, uh, the, the carpet doesn't just stay as it was. Have you noticed this? This is very bizarre. If you don't endure lawn mowing, how many of you know that the lawn doesn't stay as it is, right? And the reality is that endurance is so much more than just critical for achievement. It's actually critical in life. If we're not enduring and holding on and pushing through things, then we'll find that actually we're getting uh, pushed further and further backwards or living a smaller and smaller life. And I want to challenge you, particularly if you're middle-aged like me, if you're 40 years old, the challenge is that if you're not continually pushing forward and enduring some stretch in your life, then your world is actually getting smaller and smaller. It's not more and more comfortable, it's just smaller and smaller. And the reality is, I think if we're following Jesus, if we pray to prayer like, Jesus, I want your best in my life, the, the, the challenge you're going to find is that God's going to bring pressure and stretch to you, uh, whether we want it or not. Uh, and I think it's a good idea to go looking for it, right? So if endurance is so critical, why do we need to talk about it? Why is it a character quality that sometimes goes missing? And I reckon I've got the answer here in one photo. It's because it's not very easy, all right? Enduring is not very easy. There's a reason why we don't all run marathons, you know, it's not because it's not healthy. Uh, there's a reason why we don't all climb mountains. There's a reason why we haven't all been to the South Pole. There's a reason why we don't all work in commercial kitchens, saving up money to fund ourselves into short-term mission in Thailand. It's because we'll end up with a, with a facial expression like this uh, most of the time, right? It's not easy, and it's not pretty. I mean, you know, endurance is not pretty. These are the, there's, there's this real cool trend in running to do these sort of running races. Has anyone been on one of these? Like a, It's called like the a Tough Mudder is what they call it in America. Uh, and, and I like the lady on the left. She's putting a real – she's smiling. It's, this is awesome. I'm having a great time, but really it's much more – I think it's much more like the person on the left. Uh, where there's some sort of horror wh- that comes with, with actually pushing through. Where would, would we like to get up and go running in the morning when it's cold? We'd like to, except that it's not easy. It's not easy to push ourselves. It's not easy to endure, right? But it is glorious. If you do endure, sometimes you get a nice little medal. Like this guy on the left, don't you like that? He's smiling. Look at him there. That, uh, to be fair to him, I've, changed the, I've squeezed the photo. He, doesn't, he didn't look that weird until I did that. Uh, and then I like this guy. How many people like you know? this guy? He's got a uh, serious reward going on for all of his endurance. Not only does he get to cross that spectacular finish line, a thronging crowd of thousands cheering, they've also given him a couple of flags to wave as he crosses the line. Uh, don't you reckon that's amazing? That's actually, these guys are interesting. That's the guys on the right. That's the Sri Chinmoy. How many of you have heard of Sri Chinmoy? Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's actually really old. It's a running cult. Uh, and they it's a, um, it's a, they run for meditation, which is why I think they've got the flags as well. Uh, that adds to the fun of it. And they, they are the people who really started the trend around uh, super distance, ultra distance running, right? So this guy, he's probably getting started by the look of him. He's actually getting started on the run because they celebrate the start. Uh, and then because um, as well as that, when you finish – The crowd's normally behind the line, you know, anyway. And what he'll be doing is he'll be sitting off on one of the Sri Chinmoy prayer runs where they run for 24 hours uh, around and around in a circle. Like usually, often they'll do it just on a 400-meter track. Just around and around in circles. It's quite good, though, if you need to stop for food. You can get some food and carry on running. Uh, or they, you can actually take a tent and have a sleep partway through your run also. Uh, but there's Sri Trinmoy. This is a cool little reward that uh, – oh, sorry, let me, I've got too far. This is one of my favorite. This is probably – if I could win an award, this is the one I'd be most proud of. I'm not planning to do this because I don't have the hips for it. Uh, it's, no, it's not a hula dancing award. This is an award for the Western States Endurance Run, and there's there's like a—it's got a wildcat on a mountain. Doesn't doesn't don't reckon it's cool, and it's actually a belt buckle, right? Because it's yeah, like it's pretty epic. It's a big belt buckle. uh, There you wear. That's why I had to tuck my shirt in so they can show you I don't have one. But uh, the. The Western States Endurance Run is 100 miles, and I was, gonna, I was also going to show you the topography. It's 100 miles, gets up to about f- uh, 14,000 uh, meters, I believe. Something like, no, that's too high, 14,000 feet, it must be. It uh, has something like 10,000 uh, meters across the, across the 100 miles, 10,000 meters of climbing, so 10,000 meters of, of vertical as well, so ten kilometres straight up in a line as part of the run as well. It's an interesting race, and there's a bunch of them, particularly in the United States, that are hundred mile, hundred mile races. And you're asking yourself, how did people get into the idea of running for hundred miles? I'll tell you, it's an interesting story. Uh, that what they are, the Western states and a bunch of these other hundred mile running races, uh, they used to be horse races. So it used to be a 100-mile horse race, and the gold standard of horse racing through the wilderness, 100 miles, was if you could, you and your horse, if you could cover the 100 miles within 24 hours, that was the gold standard, cover 100 miles in 24 hours uh, on horseback. know I mean, that, that's a serious challenge. Now, how they turned into running races is an interesting story. Uh a particular competitor was coming to the Western States or a similar race to the Western States. Uh, And the day before the race, his horse pulled up lame. But he'd already paid the entry fee. He'd already traveled to the start of the race. Uh, He already had like a a starting bibs number. And so the rider decided he would just jog along with the other horses. Well, with the horses. He wasn't a horse. He was a man. Uh, He decided he'd just run along with the horses. And he came fifth. Ah, (laughs) And so slowly but surely, more and more runners got involved with the idea of running these horse races. And then it became really difficult to manage runners and horses on the same tracks and narrow trails. And slowly the horses were weeded out and was taken over by runners. 100 miles. If you finish the race inside 24 hours, you win one of these buckles which is a big belt buckle, which is not a normal running prize, but the history is important, right? Here's a couple of local heroes. How many like, like a story of a local hero? Uh, this person on the left used to be an elder here at Equippers Church, Wellington. Uh, his name's is Bonner Chong. He's our favorite Dutch Chinaman. And, and uh, this is him running the Hillary Trail, 80 kilometers. This is a couple of weeks ago that they ran it or a week ago, and I'll uh, just point out the distance there, 81 kilometers, I get to use my laser pointer, 81 kilometers, he's burned 8,251 calories, Uh, he ran for 11 hours, 30 minutes and 22 seconds at an average pace of 831, so that's a bit faster than walking speed, but if you look at where he's running, he's running through the mountains there. Uh, and he, this is how much he gained, elevation gain of 3,907 meters. And he actually got a personal record on part of it there. Look at that, personal record. Uh, these are screen grabs from the greatest app ever on smartphones called Strava. Uh, this is my friend Tom Hunt. On the same day, Tom decided to do what's now known as the double hillary. Hasn't been done until Tom decided to do it. Uh, Tom's one of, the, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the members of Equipus Church in Auckland, uh, is a bit of a legend. Uh, such, look, he's got 57 people like this. I would want more of a response from the General Pablo. Uh, so Tom ran 154 kilometres. How he did this was the night before the race, he started and he ran the whole race uh, from back to front so that he got to the start line in time for them to fire the gun and then he carried on with everybody else. So he ran through the night uh, to get started. He was a little slower than Bonner, and I think Bonner would have pointed this out already, at nine minutes per kilometre. But he did climb 6,900... And, oh, so close... To seven thousand meters, he's not far off Everest, which is eight thousand meters climbing, uh, and he's done. He's just burnt the just the standard sixteen thousand six hundred and seventy-five calories. Sadly, this, this, is, this is a sad fact of GPS. If Tom had spent a little bit more money on his GPS device, he would have got the 162 kilometres because it was actually an 81-kilometre race, uh, which means that he was running fully 100 miles. And look at that, under 24 hours. So he would have got our belt buckle, except he didn't. they didn't have belt buckles for people who did the 100 miles, so they just gave him two finishes medals because uh, <laughs> it's New Zealand and we're not prepared for people like Tom. Here's some more local heroes, because we're not all Tom and we're not all Bonavos and Chong, but this is a room full of people who know how to endure. How many parents are here? Yay! We know how to endure. We heard a little bit of Amanda's testimony talking about uh, her sermon last week talking about vision. The endurance that's required to parent children is, uh, for, for me, was a complete surprise. You know, I thought growing up that I was, oh, was just a joy to my parents from day one, but it turns out that it was quite the opposite. Uh, how many students have we got here? Do you know, there's a, reason why, there's a reason why I don't have a bachelor's degree. It's not because I haven't started studying. But I've never finished a degree, right? It's actually in the finishing of a degree uh, that you get a qualification. I do have a qualification. It's called a diploma. Uh, parents, students, how many minimum wage earners? You know, some of us are not earning as much money as, it really need, as you really need to survive. I've got friends in that position, and I want to take my hat off to you. It's a massive endurance to work in a commercial kitchen, as we heard. It's a massive endurance to work as a cleaner. How many people are hunting for work? Now, there's there's probably not much, there's probably not more of difficult job than that one. You could run 100 miles if you'd like, but hunting for a job requires endurance. How many people travel around on a bus? My hat, i take my hat off to you. That takes real endurance. How many people are saving money to buy their first home? Come on, that takes endurance. What about, is there any salespeople in the house? Come on. You know, they say it takes, salespeople average an hour per phone call takes 55 minutes to build up the courage for another rejection uh, and five minutes to make the call, right? Uh, How many people are caring for others? It takes massive endurance. People dealing with health struggles, mental health struggles or physical health struggles. Come on, these are things that require endurance. Battling with addictions, learning maths, solving problems. These things take real endurance. And I've got three rules of endurance for it. How many would like to get slightly better at enduring? Uh, you can get massively different results in your life uh, by enduring. You know, one of the things you probably can't make yourself between now and tomorrow, between now and tomorrow, you can't make yourself more talented. You probably can't make yourself better looking. Some some you could, but uh, you, between now and tomorrow, you're not going to make yourself uh, sort of, you're not going to give yourself a better sense of humor. You're not going to give yourself better skills and abilities. But between now and tomorrow, you can make the decision to endure, which will give you different results from tomorrow onwards, uh, and I'm going to give you the three rules of endurance. Is that all right? The first rule of endurance is this, one more. Everyone say one more. Enduring is simply just doing one more. It's just one more step. If you're running 100 miles, it's only one more step at a time. Uh, it's just one more nappy if you're parenting. Come on, just you only have to. The funny thing about parenting, unless you have twins, but let's not even talk about that. It's only one nappy at a time. Yes, there are 75 million nappies that need to be changed, but you only have to do one more. And you're, if you're a student, you only have to do one assignment at a time. You can only do one assignment at a time, even if you've got more than one overdue, you still can only focus on one at a time. You can only do one hour of study at a time, and the, one of the rules of endurance is focusing on doing one more. If you focus on doing one million more how many of you know, that can be a little bit emotionally overwhelming. Right? But if you can focus, if you're beginning your studies, come on, focus on one more. One more toilet to clean. Now, come on, you might have a whole floor of toilets, a whole, a whole building of toilets to clean, but you only can clean one at a time. Thank the Lord for that. Do you know, in life, it's only about, it's taking about one more hard conversation. I mean, there might be, you might, in, all around you, you might be the center of several dysfunctional relationships. But if you can build up some courage and have one hard conversation, one more time of prayer where you come before God and say, this is where I really am at. One more appointment with a doctor, or maybe one more appointment with a counselor to to face up to some issues. It's one more trip to the hospital. There might be more trips after that. But if we can focus on one more, we're embracing the first rule of endurance. And this is Galatians 6 9, which I think speaks to this first rule. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. How do you even know that that's in the Bible? Because you know there's nothing that's more tiring than doing what's good. Isn't that right? Uh, let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing. Do you know what's the what's the what's the requirement to reap a harvest of blessing? It says it there: don't give up. It doesn't say you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you're really talented. Because it'd be easy to blame talent for all the blessing, right? If I was as talented as Duncan, I'd be blessed too, right? But the reality is the key to blessing in this verse, one of the keys to the blessing that we can all access is the don't give up spirit, a heart that says, I'm going to keep taking one more step. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the household of faith or the family of faith. Cool. Who's ready for the second rule of endurance? Okay, this is from actual running technique. If, if you want to run for a long way, you take small steps. If you want to get really tired and, and have sore legs in 10 minutes, you take large steps. Uh, right? the reality is we have got to take small steps. I love this. This is Dwight Moody, D.L. Moody, famous Christian leader. He says, this, there's many of us willing to do great things for the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to run. I'm going to do great things for Jesus. Right? But the challenge is, is there's very few of us who are willing to do little things. Uh, and it's the little things we do that actually move us forward in our life. You know, sometimes we think, you know, one of the things, one of the, one of the challenges around prayer, how many people find prayer is a bit of an endurance challenge? Well, I think one of the problems is that uh, Jesus says to His disciples, couldn't you wait with me one hour? How many people have read that verse in the Bible? And it's sort of become a minimum number. Like, you're not really praying until you hit the hour mark. Right, but we misunderstand what Jesus was saying because they had appointed moments of prayer. He wasn't saying pray with me for the whole hour, but they were missing the moments of prayer. And the challenge for us is not to think I'm going to I'm going to become like a prayer machine. I'm going to pray every day all day long, or I'm going to pray every day for an hour. But I think the challenge would be is if you could adopt a pattern in your life that said I'm going to pray every day. And I'm going to thank God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to ask Him for what I need. I'm going to ask for things other people need. I'm going to pray for the leaders in our city, and our nation. I'm going to pray for the church in our city. Then I'm going to thank God. Then I'm going to praise God. I reckon it takes three or four minutes to pray like that. But the bonus is not doing that once. The power that comes into our life when we can say, I'm going to keep taking one more step in prayer. I'm going to keep praying every day. I'm going to take some small steps. Amen. I hope you can think of a small step you could take in your own life. Uh, there's a scripture that we could think of for this one. But, okay, hold on. I'm going over this way. There we go. I love this verse. It's in Psalm 126. This is real similar to the Galatians verse we just read. It says, Those who plant in tears will... Harvest with shouts of joy. They'll bring in a harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant seeds, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Now, if you think about it, this is a reality of how the world works. It's a reality of the kingdom of God, really. That tiny little things, seeds, grow into massive, massive harvests. Right? Tiny little things, tiny little decisions, tiny little steps that we take are sowing into our future. One of the things I, I reckon, uh, one of my greatest regrets in my own personal financial management is this. I reckon financial management is really, really easy. It's really, really easy. It's hard, but it's really, really simple. I reckon if you, could, if your financial manager, if, if, if let's say you're a young person, maybe you're a teenager or you're, you're a young person, if you were to take 10% of your income each week and give it to God. Say, so here you go, God, that's your money, right? Then God can bless the 90% of your income for your whole life. Now, I've always done that through my life. But I reckon if I'd taken another 10% and if I'd put it into a savings account. <laughs> From the first day I started my first job cleaning the toilets at the Parapurian Beach Kindergarten, uh, which wasn't a great job. It wasn't just the toilet. I had to clean every day over there. From the Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you do get a cleaning job, can I recommend like a bank branch uh, or the head office somewhere. Stay away from cleaning kindergartens. Uh, They're still learning, particularly in the toilet area. There's there's a lot of learning going on. Uh, And there was a lot of scraping of paint off all sorts of surfaces. Not in the bathrooms. That was not paint. It was uh, something else. (laughs) But I reckon if, I, if, if in that job I'd taken, I think I was earning like about $60 a week, uh, if I'd taken that money and put it into a savings account and maybe a savings account where my dad had the pin number for the card or something like that, I would be a a much stronger financial position now and a position to be much more generous than I am now. And in fact, now in our 40s, Christy and I are trying to adjust our finances so that we can do that saving now, but it's much harder to adjust later. But the power is in those small steps. Amen? Uh, There we go. The third rule of endurance. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. This is a great quote from from one of the world's leading philosophers and thinkers uh he said austrian psychologist i think this guy uh and he says the strength and this is something he does know about i guess strength does not come from winning but strength your struggles develop your strengths when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender that is strength I love that quote from someone who's so physically strong and is a political influence in America as well and, uh, and just sort of a celebrity. But he can see that what the, the strengths are, not what you win. Winning is sort of just whatever it is. It's winning is winning. Strength and endurance is when we come into a hardship and we refuse to surrender. We refuse to give up. And the only way you can do that, as Tim's already said, is if we can keep our eye fixed on Jesus. This is Jesus. So it says, this is Hebrews 12 verse 1, and it talks in uh, Hebrews 11, talks about all the heroes of faith, uh, from, right from, from Noah right through the heroes of faith, all the prophets. And it, it says at the end of Hebrews that they were beaten. Some of them were put in prison. Some of them were sawn in two, which is a relatively difficult thing to come back from. Uh, but they held on to faith, they endured. And it says uh, in Hebrews 11, uh, is, is a great verse, it says they didn't get hold of the promise of God. Because the promise of God is what we get hold of now, which is salvation through Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, they could see the promise of God, and it says they welcomed it from afar. So their eyes weren't fixed in the situation and circumstances that they were in. Their eyes were fixed right forward into the future. You think about Noah. His eyes were fixed forward. The scriptural record, and how many people know the scripture record, it, it, it took him some hundreds of years to build the boat. Right? And all the time, his focus is right forward in that, hey, God is working in all these situations and circumstances. Right? God's working in it. He was in the boat for months and months with a whole lot of stinky animals, but his eyes are focused forward. You've got Nehemiah. You've got the Jeremiah and the struggles that they went through, and their eyes were focused forward. And these are our, these guys are our example. We're surrounded by these, these, these witnesses, these people, these heroes of faith. Maybe there's even people in your own life, uh relatives or friends or leaders you can, who you can look to or have been part of your history, you can think of them and think, man, I'm going to live in, out of the inspiration of who these people are, that they can hold on with faith and look forward even in circumstances that would try and bring their focus down, right? Because there's a power when we can look forward, we can lift our eyes. You know, the book of Jeremiah is just an amazing read if you ever get the chance to read the whole thing. And about the middle of the book, Jeremiah has a tough, tough life. He's the only prophet who's prophesying the Word of God. There's a whole lot of other prophets who are prophesying opposite to him, so he's sort of singled out. And they they throw, keep throwing him in this thing that they refer to as a pit. They throw him in the pit, and you think, well, that's the pits, isn't it? Be thrown in a pit. Uh, except it wasn't just a pit. It was more like a long drop. Uh, it was more like that. It was muddy, and it was dirty, and it was gross, and was up to his armpits, he claims, in certain moments uh, in the pit. They were just from there. there you can stay there, Jeremiah, because you keep challenging us to be, be obedient to God. Uh, anyway, he's, he's, he has all these challenges right through his ministry, and about the middle of the book, um, it doesn't say how, but as his wife passes away in about the middle of the book, and he's obviously really upset and sad about it, and God speaks to him, and he says this. God says to Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, if you've Run with men. You've run with men. You've challenged. You've faced, faced the challenge of men. You've run with men, and you've grown tired. God says, "If you've run with men and you've grown tired, how will you run with the horses?" And here's the challenge. I know that wherever we're all in challenge, we're all in challenge mode. But you know what? God's. We're running the challenges we're running now because God's got a bigger challenge for us. God's got something bigger for us. Not a, not a big, big holiday, not a big lie down in the sun, but God, there are bigger challenges for us to face. There's challenges we can face on behalf of others. There's strength we can bring to others if we can hold on to God in those moments where we grow tired. Look at what Jesus did. This is, he's our example. We need to run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You can't run my race because God said it for me. And you can't, I can't run your race because God said it for you, right? But look, at, we do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, who's the author, he's the perfecter of our faith. He initiates and perfects our faith. And this is how he did it, as Tim said, because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured. And last of all, it says, after all, you have not given your lives yet in the struggle against sin. I reckon when I was preparing this, I was thinking about what are the things that prevent us from enduring, what, you know? Because we all know that to run 100 miles, you just have to take enough steps in the same direction. To overcome challenges, you just have to keep moving. We all know the importance of keeping our eyes fixed on the things that we're trying to achieve, fixed on who Jesus is fixed on the vision that God has for our life. I reckon this verse has got a bit of a key. It says that he kept his eyes fixed on the joy before him and he disregarded the shame. He disregarded the shame. I reckon there's something about endurance that is a bit shameful. (laughs) There's something about looking like you're working really hard and looking like you're struggling that actually is, is, there's a bit of a shame, there's a shame that's sort of attached to it. And particularly, I think in our culture, the idea in New Zealand culture is, is that you can, you, can, you, can, you can shear, you know, you can shear 300 sheep in a day, you can do 200 meters of fencing, or you can, you can smash out your sails by the middle of the month. Uh, you can achieve things, but you can do that without looking like it was hard work. Do you know what I mean? What are you, mate? Just get into it. But I reckon the reality is sometimes we can't endure because we're too ashamed to acknowledge the fact that this is really hard. We're too too ashamed to let that look on our face of that woman who was running at the start of the presentation. We, We don't want to look like that. We don't want to be covered in sweat. We don't want to be covered in the emotional sweat of dealing with issues that we know are going to be a long ride. It's going to be a long run to deal with some of the issues in our heart. So we'd rather just not do it, right? It's a little bit shameful to run along like this. But the reality is, unless we can disregard the shame, we'll never endure. Unless you can ask for help, you'll never endure. Unless you can ask for help from God, you'll never endure. I don't reckon, you know, I don't reckon you'll finish your degree without Jesus helping. I don't reckon you will. I don't reckon you can parent well without Jesus helping. I don't reckon you can stay married for very long without Jesus helping. Right? I reckon this, this though, I reckon Jesus is always willing to help. He's always ready to help. His help is always at hand. All it requires from us is to disregard the shame enough to invite His grace into our world. You know, these character qualities of courage and discipline, vision and endurance. These aren't things we have to drum up on the inside. These are things that God makes available to us through Jesus. These are are the work of grace in our life. Think about Jesus. He kept His eyes fixed on you. What kept Jesus motivated on His ministry, what kept, allowed Jesus in His humanity, because He's fully God and He's fully man, what allowed Him to endure the pressure was that His eyes were fixed on you, on who you'd become. Not just who you are, but fixed on your salvation. Jesus' eyes were fixed on the moment where you would take the opportunity to invite His grace into your world. That's what He was focused on that there would be a moment where you would acknowledge Him. There'd be a moment where you'd surrender to Him. But His eyes were also fixed on your deliverance. So there'd be a process in your life where you become free of all the baggage of your life, where you become free of the things that hold you back. Your redemption, that, that, that Jesus is focused on the fact that you wouldn't just acknowledge Him, but that He would have the opportunity to make you into who you are always designed to be. He would buy back your original destiny and that you'd be able to live it out and live His purpose. And we are running for a prize as well. Jesus says to those who overcome, this is in Revelation, that we'll get the crown of life. We're seated with Jesus in heaven. We drink from the river of life. We have eternal life. We, have, we live in victory over sin and death as long as we keep moving. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. We're going to pray just before we close our service this morning. Perhaps you're here and you've never taken the opportunity to acknowledge Jesus as your Savior. Maybe for whatever reason, uh, you've never had the opportunity. Maybe you've never been in the right place at the right time to, to, to pray a prayer where you say, Jesus, I'm wanting to acknowledge you. I make you the Lord of my life. Maybe you've made the decision before to repent of your sin, invite God into your life. But sometimes for whatever reason, people can end up walking away from those decisions. Maybe you're here and you're, You're actually far away from God. And and this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus, to open your heart, respond to Him, uh, either for the very first time, choosing to follow Jesus, choosing to make Him Lord, or perhaps as a recommitment of a decision you made in the past, you wanted to say, yeah, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. I'm choosing to make you Lord of my life. Just while everyone's got their heads bowed, their eyes closed, if that's you, you wanting to make that decision this morning, why don't you just shoot your hand up, give me a wave and say, yeah, that's me. This morning I'm choosing to acknowledge Jesus. It can either be the first time you make the decision or it could be a recommitment. Just either way, just shoot your hand up. And once I've seen your hand, well, you can put it back down and then we're going to pray. I uh, haven't seen anybody's hand yet, but if you wanted to make the decision, just make it really clear for me. Give me a wave. That's awesome. Thank you down the front. If there's anybody else, just shoot your hand up. And then we're going to pray in just a second. Awesome. could we pray together, church? Awesome. I'll pray a line, then we'll all pray it together. And, and if you lifted your hand, or if you were too scared to lift your hand, just pray these prayers loudly as we all pray together. And, uh, and just pray this believing in your heart, and then God's going to begin working in your world in a new way. Here we go. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you for suffering in my place for paying the penalty for my sin, for enduring the cross. Today I choose to repent and turn my life around. I'm choosing to follow you. I ask you to forgive me and I surrender to you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Give God a shout of praise. So good. Um, if you responded to that opportunity, you prayed that prayer, the best, the best next step for you would be to be part of a small group uh, where, we, where you can get together midweek, Uh, and uh, uh, join with other Christians because that's a great way to keep encouraged in your faith and in your journey following God. If you go to the information table afterwards, you can sign up for a small group. If you write your name down, uh, then I can be in touch with you during the week and let you know where a group is that might be good for you to connect with. Amen? Cool. I want us to pray just before we go. We've got one minute. Is that all right? And this is what I want you to do. I want want to give you an opportunity to respond uh, and and, uh, really an opportunity to say, yeah, Jesus, I need your strength to endure you know because we're we're all in different levels of struggle if you're alive there's different levels of struggle some of us are are right in the middle of a difficult time and some of us are in in a a space where perhaps we've just come through a challenge and things are looking better but one of the things they say about long distance running they say at some points in the race or in the run at some points you feel good which is nice and at some points you feel terrible but either way it will change uh, sometimes sometimes we're feeling really good, but it will change. There'll be a challenge there will be a challenge comes around the corner. And sometimes we're feeling under massive pressure, but it will change. You know, we do come through seasons where it can sometimes be up and down as we go through. But if you wanted to say, Yeah, I'm wanting to acknowledge this process, I'm gonna invite the grace of God in my life to endure to another level. Why don't you just jump to your feet? I want to pray for you. So maybe stand to your feet, lift your hands if that's you saying, Yeah, I want to invite the grace of God into my life in a bigger way. In this area, shoot your hands up, open your heart, because it's the work of the Holy Spirit that makes us anything different than we are before. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here. God, we thank you that you're not a God who's far off in heaven looking down upon us, but you're a God who chooses to presence himself with us. And Lord, as we've worshipped and as we've looked into the Word today, Lord, we know, Lord God, that you've spoken to us, Lord God. And I just pray right now for each and every person, Lord God, where they're under pressure, where they're struggling, Lord, I pray for each of us, Lord oh God, that we'd, within us we'd realize what one step we can keep doing. What's the, what's the one more thing we can do? One more step, one more step forward, one more reach now. Lord God, I pray that you reveal to us the small things that we need to start doing more regularly. The little steps that we can take, even, very, even today, even right after the service, the small steps that we can take, they're going to move us forward. You know, for someone here, you're struggling with depression in a significant way. I, 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 this is just, I feel this right at the moment, I'm just speaking it. You're struggling with depression in a significant way. And I really believe God wants to challenge you and say that one of the things that's going to help you is if you build a small step of thankfulness. And I reckon begin, begin your day thinking, maybe set some alarms through the day, thanking God. Choose five things to thank God for whenever you can think of it. Choose three things to thank God for. Whenever you think of it, I'm really believing that if you can grab a hold of that, grace of God's going to come into your struggle and you'll find a new level of freedom. Holy Spirit, right across this room, Lord, we pray revelation. And Lord, we open our hearts to your grace. Come on, what do you pray a prayer? Say, God, I open my heart. I'm welcoming your grace. Lord, I need you working in my world, Lord, so that I can endure. I choose to lift my focus. Lord, I choose to lift my attention to you in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, right now, just if you know you've got a, in a place of real struggle, just lift your hands really high to God. There's a moment just in a place of real struggle. There's a, I can just sense there's a real sense of the peace of God coming. Lord, we just, we just welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. Lord, just minister, Lord God, into hearts. So where perhaps a conversation with a human being is not going to do it, but a moment with you, Lord God, bring. I just, I, just, I can just sense peace. Maybe it's it just, maybe the struggle is not going to change, but the peace of God is going to be so much more evident. Just so much more evident, Lord. We just, we just welcome your peace. We welcome it now, Lord God. I can just, I can just feel the quietness of God's presence. Just, 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 just before we have got thirty seconds, just. Don't panic. Just let God move in your world. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your work in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you know the, one of the things I find most amazing about how God works in our world? The Bible says that when we, when we spend time looking into God, looking into Scripture, relating with God, it says He moves us from glory to glory. Now, for me, it's not amazing that God wants to move me to glory. What's amazing is that right now where you are is glorious. God moves you from your current glorious position into another one. Because if God's already done something in your life, it's glorious. Now, we are always focused on the negative, always. It's just about always what we're thinking about. But God's excited about what He's already done in your world. He's excited about it. He's, he's also aware of the fact that He's not finished, but He moves us from glory to glory. I think it's powerful to acknowledge the fact that we're already in a great place. God's moved us from such a better place than we could have been because of His work in our world. Amen? He's moving us forward. Can I just give you one piece of advice? Is that all right? Um, when we preach on a Sunday, um, sometimes stuff the Holy Spirit will speak to you about stuff uh, that you, you need to deal with. Sometimes that's a real personal journey, and we'll always try and finish by praying, allowing God to move in our hearts like we have. Uh, But sometimes you do need to sit down with someone and talk things through. Not so much for advice, but just to get support the first port of call might be a good friend who's going to be able to support you in the challenges that you're facing. The next sort of person you might talk to is your e-group leader or someone like that who, who's perhaps a little further along in a journey following God than you are. But anytime you want to meet with Chrissy or I, we're happy to make time available. to Sit down and chat, pray with you to see you move forward. Is that all right? Uh, So all you need to do is is, uh, Facebook message me or send me an email or call me or whatever, talk to me on Sunday. Uh, We definitely want to make sure that you know that we're available to do that. And not just us, there's many other really mature, great mature leaders in our church, people in our church who can help you grow. Amen. Very, very cool. Why don't you give someone a hug uh, and then we're going to close our service. Don't forget tonight we've got the 5 p.m. service happening and we've also got fish and chips at the beach after the service. It's going to be awesome. Stay around for a cup of tea, cup of coffee now and, uh, and have a chat with someone you haven't seen before. That'll be awesome.